Okay, uh, hello everybody. This is uh, Jim, the Option Professor here today. And uh, just wanted to start out by saying that uh, today I'm gonna to be sharing my opinions with you and my observations, uh, but we're not gonna give any um, uh, specific recommendations, just gonna share my opinion. Yeah, we always tell you to go to your uh, brokerage firm and have the discussion on what is suitable for you and what is your risk tolerance, and then uh, uh, make your decisions through them. But um, I'm sharing my opinions with you here today. Okay. Uh, just a quick background on myself. For those of you who are not aware, I've been doing this for many decades and I've traded uh, thousands and thousands of options and millions and millions in stock. And I've educated people throughout the country and in Canada for, uh, with doing seminars. So <clears throat> I'm pretty, uh, shall we say, uh, reasonably informed on this. And I also work with my own monies as well. So uh, basically, I'm going to share my experience, my knowledge of which it's very extensive. Okay, uh, with regards to uh, today, uh, just before we get into any specific stocks, I just wanted to, uh, and by the way, if you're in energy stocks, you should be uh, give me some ideas that you wanna look at. Uh, the metal stocks, you should uh, give me some ideas you wanna look at because those markets are very much uh, in a, uh, a very critical juncture. There's a few other ones as well uh, that I recognize over the weekend I'll talk to you about, but uh, you know, uh, in addition to tech and everything else, you know, let's get a, a, a wide variety of uh, uh, stocks that you might be involved in and take a look at it. Okay, my methodology generally circles around three things. One is the relative strength index. The other is uh, momentum, uh, which would be, uh, that is momentum. And then of course the moving averages to give me the direction and then reversion to the mean. When things get way away from their moving averages, I'm looking for a reversion trade. Those can be very, very exciting because, you know, if you're way underneath the moving averages and you look at the call side, you'll find the calls are dirt cheap. And then if it swings back your way, you could obviously make quite a bit. Risk is limited. And same thing on the put side. Uh, in fact, anybody who saw the movie The Big Short, there was a couple of guys in the movie who that's how they made their bones in the business by being contrarians. Uh, using limited risk options. When they're wrong, they were uh, wrong with a limited amount. And when they were right, they could be right in a very large way. So that's something I'll talk about here today, which is kind of exciting for a portion of your risk capital. All right, uh, just give you a quick overview on the markets right now. Again, this is a 20-year graph. It shows you that the stock market has been rising pretty much steadily since 08, uh, 09. Uh, after that big drop, it's been steadily up. Uh, my moving averages clearly have never pointed down on the blue line the entire time. Even when we broke strongly in the uh, COVID crash, it caught my long-term average to the penny. I mean, you can see right there that my long-term average was uh, uh, 2171 uh, uh, and the low was 2191. So, you know, you're right there on the, and this is on SPX, the cash market. Uh, and then right back above onto the blue line. So you got a green light on this thing in April of 2020 to get back on the horse. Uh, generally, uh, in even uh, July, you got more because once you get above all the lines and they're still pointing up, that's pretty much a green light. Same thing, what I told people during this drop uh, that we saw in October, I said, listen, we are at a very, very important area here because my moving averages come in here at 4,100, 4,198, 4,200. You know, the low uh, close was 4,193 for the month. And so it came right in there, it dipped underneath, but these averages were not pointing down. So that dip can be disregarded as long as it gets back above the average, which it did. So it was by city at 4,200 and boy, was that a nice ride to catch all the way up to here. Now, right now, you know, there are a couple of things going on that I just wanted to show you. Your uh, RSI here peaked out at 75 in December of 2021. 
And then, of course, the next month later, 66 was the beginning of the drop. Same thing up here. Your, your top here is at 61. You know, my view, this is, I'm sharing my opinions today. My view on RSI is if it can't get through the 60 area, uh, that that could very much be a high point. Because beyond, beyond the 60 area, that's where you get into what they call the acceleration phase. So if we were to break into new highs here and the RSI started showing me something in the 63 to 66 area, going into the 70s, the probability would increase dramatically and then you could really go. Otherwise, this could be a situation where this is, and the market may have trouble here and it has had trouble here at 4,800. So believe me, uh, you know, I'm uh, very much cautious here much more than I was at 4,200 when I thought it was all systems go. So obviously this is a great place to buy and this place could be a little bit dodgy, right? And that's why I've been telling people about the put options on Apple at 200 area and the put options on all the tech uh, last week obviously paid off big time. So let's take a look around and, um, and get, just give you the shorter run here, which is the one month for your shorter term traders. Obviously it held the purple here. So this was a place to take your shot at the buy side, 4680 area. And right now it's running into some trouble here and it may try to fill this gap, 4770, 4740 ballpark area where it's going into. It may try to break through there and do that, but it get, that would be a neighborhood if it got weaker, I think it might have a rolling over type situation. Okay, so uh, again, you know, you gotta use the numbers and the numbers right here, uh, you know, look, uh, looked, uh, you know, right there on the number. So, you know, that's that's where you take your shot. Up here again, could have some resistance here, or it could try to fill the gap. Again, all the uh, market uh, averages are above purple. So again, it is in a short term, still positive zone. It's when the averages are all under purple that you got some more trouble. And I'll show you some examples of that as we keep going. All right, um, so that's the story there. And you know, as S&P goes, you know, the NASDAQ just goes at a faster speed. And the, and, the, and the small caps as well. You want to take a look at the small caps because everybody's pretty hot on those this year. Let's take a look. Um, okay. So again, you know, everybody got in there on the big rally here. Let, let, what did that look like uh, when we were in um, October? Yeah, see October, uh, where are you here? You're down here at, at 160. Where's the purple line? 156. You know, that's where you take your shot because if it's not going to break purple, this is where the buy zone is. Goes way up here. You know, then it's uh, obviously it, it keep keep going up to 240, and the red line and the green line, you know, are still underneath the blue. So you know, uh, you'll notice when it's on a big up move, that's not the case. So the bottom line is the jury's a little bit still out on the small caps. Again, uh, today we got news and we got ideas coming up for Thursday. CPI it's supposed to be a weak number. I think people are betting on it's a weak number. They're also betting on deflation that has happened in China and is going on in Europe is going to hit the U.S. Obviously, deflation would be very good. So let's take a look at the 10-year note and get an idea because we've been very good on that as well. Okay, first of all, for uh, long-term people, uh, the, the interest rate trend is still up. What we're doing, and I've been telling people, is reverting to the mean. Remember we talked about reverting to the mean? When you're at 5% interest and, and the moving average is at uh, 380, 390, reverting to the mean makes some sense. The next reversion would take you down towards 350. And the, and the reversion underneath that would even take you down into the under, just under 2% interest, okay? Yield, yield, okay? Now, uh, that, there's a reason why it's kind of stalling out here because it's, it's hitting there. On the five-year graph, uh, again, if we can get back above the blue line here, which is at 414, uh, did you notice the high was 409, 410? So it can't do it so far. Red line's pointing straight down. That's indicating lower rates. 
but if we do get back above the um, the uh, uh, 414 level, then I'd be more nervous if I was holding on to bonds or thinking that the Fed's cutting or anything else. Uh, right down here, you could fall down towards 337, 350. That's the neighborhood that I'm talking about if it really got a, you know, a deflation starts hitting, all right? Um, one year, again, uh, we hit the, we're above the 390, the red line's pointing up. Again, that's somewhat positive. So breaking under 390 would open the door to the three, you know, the, the lower numbers. Um, so watch 390 as a key number. And again, there's resistance up here. That's why it's having some trouble. And again, it hit the purple right to the penny on my monthly. So, you know, it hit, it hit 410, right? Well, that's where you should have been, uh, you know, obviously getting uh, short the bond market again, right there. And now we'll have to see because it's it's in the in the, now all the lines on the monthly are under purple, which means the bears are still controlling it. So the bottom line, you break above 414, you break above 410, then those Fed cuts are going to be more in the distance. You start breaking under 390 and start going, those Fed cuts could happen in March. That's the way I see it. Okay. Um, all right. First uh, stock that everybody wanted to talk about here was PHM. Again, the, the stocks that um, I've been watching, because, you know, obviously I was watching tech and I told everybody tech, you know, looked like a little frothy and was going to have a drop. Basically, that happened last week. What I went into this week looking for is the banks and the home builders, because if the rate on the 10 year does get back above four, does get back above 410, vulnerability in the banks and in the home builders, I think will happen. And they both have had, they've all had great rallies. The difference is, is that I'm not going to step in front of a freight train. I'm going to wait till I get some kind of a signal. Let me show you an example of that. So you get an idea and I'll compare it to the, uh, I'll compare it to uh, the PHM for you. Okay. On Apple, why the heck did I think it might be a good sell? Okay. Well, I started out, first of all, I started out with the 20 year graph. And I see that Apple's way up here near the high, but you know the RSI used to be 73, and then the RSI is 62, and then the RSI is 61. What did I tell you about if it can't get through 60? That means it could be a high point. That was the one reason I thought it might pull back. Plus, of course, the red line was down here under 190, under 180. Okay. Second thing that I got was on the uh, one month graph. You had a high point on RSI of 40 uh, of 72. Then you start dropping off. You're at 59. Then you're at 63. Then you're at 60, right? Remember, if it can't get above 60, that acceleration phase is off the table. Now I'm looking for the red line to start pointing down. It does point down. So I'm starting to get interested in the sell side, right? But I'm not there just yet because it's holding blue. Over here, RSI is shrinking into the 50s again. Now we're underneath green. Now we're underneath and red has crossed over green. And now it's crossing over blue, right? So right here, RSI is at 43. That's when I'm in, and the market's at around 194, 195. That's when I'm looking at the 192.50 puts for a buck that expired last Friday. Very, very low premium. And so basically by last Friday, we come back down here and we're down at 190. And then if you roll it over to the next week, obviously, and then you get the big break underneath the purple. And now the RSI breaks underneath 40. Now you know you're probably onto something big. And basically, by the end of last week, we were down at 180. So options with a couple of weeks to go on them up at the 195 area, uh, 192 area, you know, obviously went in the money substantially. And that's the recipe for a nice game. You try to get something that's way up that you think might be fro frothy. Then you start getting evidence of a turn. 
And then you start hitting those shorter term puts, maybe one or two weeks out that aren't trading at much premium. And then basically, if you get a follow through like this did, and again, once you break purple and you broke 40, you knew you're onto something good because obviously that means the RSI is accelerating to the downside because it broke 40 and you broke purple, which is a very important number in my world. Okay, so that gave you that idea. And of course, you take the money and run when you get down here. Certainly, you take the money and run when you see RSI here's at 19 and then the RSI here's at 25. That's a divergence. You got a big gain. Now it's above uh, red and obviously no reason to stick with that thing right now. In fact, uh, I flipped it over to the calls because they were quite cheap going into this Friday. And bottom line is they're already getting some action, particularly the 185 calls. Okay, so basically that's a recipe on, uh, on when they work. Now let's take a look at uh, PHM. Okay, and again, give me as many stocks as you have here because I'd like to uh, you know, help you guys take a look at what you've got. My, my uh, methodology is unique to me because obviously I have my own averages, my own interpretation of the RSI and uh, my own interpretation of the market, right? Uh, okay, so obviously, what is this thing to, uh, making me think? My, my, this thing screaming to me, there's a reversion to the mean going to be happening. Why? Because look how far it is from its averages. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, 25% above uh, its, uh, its uh, red line. Uh, that's pretty far. So again, uh, that's what makes me interested in that. Plus the RSI here was 72 and we're way up here in the RSI is at 63 and, and 75. So, you know, it's, uh, it's in a zone where I'd be watching it, right? But you don't step in front of a freight train. The one-year graph, again, you had a high point here of 89 on the RSI. Now you've got a high point here of 66. That's a pretty good lag from eight, from what? 89 to 66 but it's above the red line. So what do I need to see? I need to see it trade under the red line, which is at 102.28. And I'd love it to see, get under, the, I'd like to see these things pointing down. They're not pointing down at all. So that's why you can't step in front of it. You got a gap here that kind of got filled. You got other gaps a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. Plenty of gaps to fill over time. Let's take a look at the monthly. All right, so here you see the RSIs are going at 90 and, uh, and then 79. So that's a divergence. There you go, back to the moving average. Comes back up, RSIs are in the 70s. Moving average kind of flattening. Blue still looking good. And uh, blue, uh, red and green are still looking good. Move, uh, RSI in the 60s, 61. Now we filled the gap. There was a gap there, got filled. You got a high point surrounded by lower highs. So if it can't get above 103.50, for the bears, that would be a good sign. But to really get any kind of an evidence that it might be rolling over, I would like to see it underneath 101.50. And if it did that, I think maybe the put side on a one or two week option might be worthwhile because it does have some downside potential down towards 97.50. So, but you do need to get under the uh, blue. And, it, and again, I'd like to see it under green and red because that would basically be turning the momentum down as well. Momentum right now is at 56. If we broke under 101, you know, that momentum would probably be uh, breaking under 50, which would be good for the bears. And so bottom line right now, you know, it's on the bicycle again. It is still very strong. Uh, if you're in it, obviously I could see how you would hold it. Um, again, it's really going to be, I think, interest rate related. So, you know, one of two things here, you know, again, my view on real estate, I'll give you that real quick is this. The reason real estate is up is the same reason inflation was at 9%. And what is that? 
supply chain bottleneck. We couldn't find stuff during the, uh, what do you call it, during the uh, COVID deal, right? And so obviously, if you wanted stuff, they were going to make you pay for it because there was scarcity because of the supply chains. Now, those supply chains have normalized. That's why your inflation's coming down. And for all we know, there's going to be deflation happening. Now, in real estate, we have that differential between 3% mortgages and 6% mortgages. And right now, that has caused people to not sell anything. So if that gap between 3% mortgages and 6% mortgages were to close, then I think that would normalize the supply chain in real estate. And that would obviously bring supply on the market. And that might normalize the prices, which obviously are very, very high. So the bottom line is, is there risk in real estate? The risk in real estate is that you get what you want. What people want out there is lower interest rates. If you get lower interest rates, it's probably coming with deflation and a slower economy. Deflation and a slower economy is not going to be exactly what the doctor ordered for real estate particularly for people who've got big gains in them and they'd like to grab them. So the bottom line is, is that I would be careful with real estate if in fact we are going to get these cuts out of the Fed because these cuts out from the Fed would be accompanied by things that would not necessarily be so positive for real estate. Now, having said that, the, the stocks you know, are clearly undeniable. I mean, you know, just to give you an idea on Pulte, I get the buy signal here at 70 and that thing's been riding the red line all the way up. Yeah, it got violated here, but it's still what? It's still pretty firm and it never violated green. So this thing was a no-brainer from the standpoint of you get on the horse at 70, 75, and you ride the horse. You're still riding the horse, okay? Now, when you want to get off the horse, when you want to hedge, that kind of thing? Well, again, if you look at the one-year graph, if you started to close underneath 100, uh, if you were uh, trying to hedge, selling the out-of-the-money calls might not be the worst thing in the world, okay? Uh, and then buying puts underneath. So selling 105, buying 95, just to make sure you have what they call some certainty on your uh, stability on your principal might not be a terrible idea. Uh, with regards to the five-year graph, again, where would we pull back to? You know, you got a 92 and a half right there. It doesn't look out, out of the question. If, if, if we got some kind of a reason to sell off. On the one month short-term trading, again, like I say, you get under 101.50 and you can see that you have a high point surrounded by lower highs and you'd be under blue and you're under green that's pointing down. And if you got under 10150, you know, obviously that could turn down and that could open the door to 97 or 92. I mean, listen, when I was talking about getting puts on Apple, you know, at 195, uh, and I told people that there's moving averages down at 180 that it could go down to, you know, you look like you have three heads. Okay. But that's not, you know, how the work market works. It goes where it wants to go. Um, and all you needed out of Apple was things are slow in China or they're having trouble with some guy on a patent deal or whatever with the, with the, uh, with the technology. You know? uh, what you'd need to get these things to move down a little bit would be some, obviously, uh, change in the supply or change in the consumer spending, which obviously may also start weakening as well. So again, you know, the consumer uh, has maxed out the credit cards. That's why we're way over trillion and they're paying over 20% on them. The consumer is going to a firm and they're, and they're doing that buy now, pay later stuff. And from a, a firm stock, it looks like maybe they're not paying. So, you know, uh, and then we just went through the uh, big holiday where they spent a ton of money. So maybe sometimes in the first quarter here, uh, they may not spend as much and the numbers may soften up a little bit. We'll have to see. Uh, don't forget earnings you're going to hear starting Friday are going to be for the fourth quarter where they were spending a lot of money. 
first quarter earnings may be a lot different than the fourth quarter. And again, guidance will be key when they announce their, their stuff. Okay. All right. Pulte. So anyway, we hit Pulte pretty good. Looks good. Let's get under 101.50, get under 100. I think you have more problems. And again, uh, the interest rate situation today is positive. That's why you're getting the bounce back up. But again, this uh, report on Thursday with CPI is going to be important. All right, let's go to, uh, okay, I'm going to show uh, oil in a slow. Let's go to oil right now. Okay, because this is a big market and I am definitely um, positioned in there. Okay, so uh, oil, uh, again, on a long-term graph. This thing's holding up for dear life, buddy. Okay, I mean, 68. Can you see where I'm getting this number? I'm not picking it out of my ear. 68.83, right? Uh, low over here was 68, uh, 69.28. Uh, the averages are being tested, right? So if they break the average, red line's pointing down. So if they break the average here, there are some people think that the Saudis may flood the market and try to break this uh, U.S. production, which is around 60. If they can break it under 60, supposedly that has a negative effect on the break-evens of U.S. production. That's what these guys might want to try to do. And if they do that, maybe they don't mind it going to 50 or 40 for a little while so we can hurt the American supplies, you know, production, right? That might be what's going on, okay? And today it looks like it is going on, all right? So let's take a look at the five here. Again, you're underneath purple, which comes in at what? 78.28. And you're underneath blue, which is 77.94. And you're underneath uh, the uh, green and the uh, red. Red came in at 75. Rally last week, uh, or excuse me, rally was 73, uh, 74. So we went up towards the resistance of red, and it turned down. And that's not uh, that's not bullish, obviously. Uh, turning to the one year, again, red line's rolling over. It's underneath blue. Green is pointing straight down. And this thing is down here. It's holding on to this low here. So if it starts taking out that low, that is uh, going to be at uh, 70. And if it takes out the 68, like I mentioned, then again, it, it could very, and look at the RSIs, it, it would start powering into the, um, into, and like I say right here, you're at 42 on RSI. If this thing breaks 70 or 68, that RSI breaks under 40, an acceleration to the downside is not off the table. Okay, so it is set up to have an acceleration to the downside which obviously makes the put options that uh, for, that I got last week <laughs> do very well on uh, the oil stocks. All right, uh, one month again. Now, like I say, it's getting a little oversold down here, but the, and you can see, uh, like I told you, when the RSI breaks under 40, uh, it did right here, right? It was at 49 on, uh, on Monday early. And then basically, look, once it breaks under 40, you accelerate to the downside. That's the risk on that monthly graph. Again, that's a big picture graph. So we'll have to see what happens. Right now, like I say, it's very much on the defensive, very much on the defensive. So, uh, you know, give you some of the stocks that I follow. Uh, Devon Energy, uh, breaking down under purple. But if you look at the one-year graph, it's breaking down under blue. So if it can get back above blue and green, which comes in at 45.10, so it's right there now, that might indicate that this is a false breakdown. We'll have to see. But again, that purple line has been controlling this thing since October. So we'll have to see. 46 is where your red line comes in, 4586. Uh, on the uh, on the five-year graph, again, it's underneath everything. And that's why, like I say, there is a risk for an acceleration to the downside. Whether we'll see it or not, I don't know. But if it does, if it, does it will not surprise me because that is a chart that looks like it wants to go down. 
Okay. The 20 year graph, this is why it's confusing. This is why there's probably a very big move happening one way or the other here uh, shortly, because your red line is pointing straight down. That can't be good. Your blue line is pointing up. That's good. They both come in at the same price, which is what? 48.50 to 49. If you started breaking above 48.50-49, I think that would be very positive for Devon Energy, and I would definitely change my tune. But if it starts breaking under the purple, which comes in at what? 43.62. Again, with the with the red line pointing straight down like that, that would really open up the possibility of an acceleration to the downside. Uh, another one uh, is Occidental Petroleum, the big favorite of what's his name of uh, Buffett. And the 20-year graph, again, that red line and green are at an intersection. So if you can get above those two numbers where red and green are kind of meeting around 61, 62, then you've got something to talk about on the upside. But if we were to break purple, which comes in at uh, 56, essentially, you know, then obviously it could have more trouble. But a very confusing thing here. What it does tell me is something large is probably going to happen one way or the other. This is why looking at both sides of the market, calls and puts at the same time, maybe not the worst idea in the world, because then you're betting on volatility to be large. And if it is large, the one side that costs you money should not be as problematic. Uh, again, on the one year, it obviously has been controlled by the, uh, by the purple and the purple's pointing down. Now you got the red turning over to the downside. Blue's already down, green's down. So again, this thing is uh, filling this gap. So that's why getting under 56 is a very big thing because if it not only fills the gap, but gets under 56, that could tell you something as well. Um, the uh, other ones that, uh, and the servicers look like they are more weak right now. So that's why the Halliburton's are paying off a lot better. Again, uh, the servicers look like they're in big trouble, okay? Uh, maybe because again, if they drop the price under 60, there's going to be a lot less servicing because there's not uh, that that's going to hurt the profitability of production in the US. Maybe that's the story. Again, if we do break under the purple here on the longer term graph, which comes in around 33 and a half, you know, you've got the possibility of an acceleration. Again, uh, the purple number here comes in at 32 and a half. So, you know, if it breaks under these things, it'll be problematic. That's why, again, you know, you have to watch this like a hawk because this down move here is either going to be a prelude to an acceleration to the downside or it's a bargain right here. So that's why both sides of the fence here, very important to, to, to keep an eye on. But the, the momentum clearly has broken to the downside. The question is, is turnaround Tuesday is coming tomorrow and you've got CPI on Thursday. Can they change it by then? Again, this is, uh, again, looking pretty nasty on the downside here. But now you've got a gap. So maybe they'll try to fill it. I don't know. But it's definitely on the defensive right here. And it did not only fill the gap, but went past it. On a one-month graph, again, purple's controlling it on the downside. Uh, all, all systems are negative. Again, the time to sell them was last week, when, of course, when I was looking at the puts up here. And then, of course, now is a good time to, uh, to see how much they've jumped up. So... You know, you've got a little island down here. You got a possibility of a throwback rally here um, on a one-day basis. Uh, it has turned up uh, from 34.40 on a five-day basis, still in a negative mode. So if you stuck your head into a buzzsaw when it was way down at 34.30, you're getting a little bit of a pop on the daily graph. Now you got a high surrounded by lower highs, so we'll have to see how they take it home. Okay, um, and the other one was slumber shake. Drill bits, drill bits. And uh, again, 20-year graph looks like it's starting to give up the ghost a little bit here. 
Okay, could could uh, obviously come back down, but it's confusing because again, these averages are still positive. But purple comes in where it comes in at uh, fifty, about fifty, even fifty one, right? And we're so it's underneath purple right now. That's not a good thing. Okay, so getting back above fifty sixty would be very helpful for this thing. On a five year graph, again, you got purple underneath to catch it. So you know, again, it could be a situation where purple will catch it. Red line's pointing straight down. That's never a good thing if you're bullish. And so basically, if it can break this purple here, it would open up the door for some more downside. And purple comes in there at 47 bucks. One-year graph, I believe it's already turned. Again, you notice since October, purple has been controlling the action. So the fact that these rallies are failing is not a shock. Last week, a good time to put your puts on. Today, a nice day to look at them jump up through the roof. Okay. Um, all right. So that's the story on those two. and then. Um, the other uh, housing stocks, Lennar and uh, and Pulte and uh, and uh, D.H. Horton and the others, they all are in the same boat. Very strong, but I keep an eye on them to see if they're going to roll over because a reversion to the mean is something that I thought uh, I thought would be it. Again, on the bottom of the oil, it's got to hold a 68. And if it can do that, then all of this selling today could be reversed tomorrow on Turnaround Tuesday. But again, uh, if, it start, if it keeps going through some levels that I just showed you, and acceleration to the downside is not off the table. All right, what about CNX? Okay, uh, CNX resources, you know, very much similar to the others, right? It's at a very key point here. This would be, I'm an option guy, so obviously I'd be looking at the calls and the puts at the same time, see how priced out they are. Because if this thing starts breaking under 20, you probably are gonna get a pretty good ride to the downside. If it breaks above 21, you can make a good ride to the upside. It's right on the ledge. The ledge being 2050, 2020, 2050, and the darn thing trading 2042. So I would price out what the calls and the puts at the same time look like and see if you're going to get action. Uh, on a 20-year basis, what's this thing look like? Again, very nice rounded low. It's trading uh, you know, still above the red and everything. And it has traded as high as 35 back in 2014. It's above the purple and everything. Blue's trying to get above purple. So again, this one here, you know, while it's pulling back today and it's in that you know, vertex or whatever, this thing looks like it could go down towards 15 if it really started to fall. And then it could possibly go up towards 25 if it was going to take off. So that's why I would be looking at the, um, at the strangle on that and pricing it out to see if it looks like a good deal. Um, on a one month basis, uh, it's on the defensive here because it's under purple and the green and the red are all underneath each other. RSI is at 49. Notice the RSI held 40. So that's a good sign. That's a good sign. I would say this, you'll probably do very well with the puts if we break 20, because if we break 20, we'll be into the under 40 on the RSI and you'll probably have an acceleration to the downside. Right now, this thing has filled the gap and it's held. So right now it's kind of, you know, it's kind of looking all right, but it's definitely in a zone where it's probably going to go up or down uh, somewhat sharply because it's not going to stay right at that zone forever. And so this is a good time to price out both the calls and the puts in the same time and see if you think the volatility will hit to make one or the other expand more dramatically than obviously the total. Um, okay, let's see what else we got here. I'll get into the semis now. Semis. Well, NVIDIA is going new highs here, right? So obviously, let's take a look at that. And, um, you know, they've got, uh, they've got the market on this AI and, you know, 
uh, AI is going to be all over us because they're going to be asking us every time we buy a stick of gum, how was your experience today? Would you consider buying something else? I mean, you know, I don't know about you guys. I'm getting annoyed by some of this stuff. All right. Uh, you know, if I go in to buy, um, you know, a bottle of milk, I don't want to, you know, answer 20 questions just to get out of the store. But anyway, you know, it is the future because everybody wants to know their customers so well and they want to know exactly what the customer is feeling and how they can sell them a bunch of other different stuff. You know, that is great for the company. The consumer might find it tedious after a while, but right now the train's running up. Um, now, there's, a, there's competition coming into NVIDIA from AMD, but right now, today, it's having a great day because they announced another possibility of uh, their earnings, uh, their revenues jumping dramatically, and obviously that sent the stock up. Uh, if you look at uh, the high point here, though, on NVIDIA, it's 87 on RSI. And we're way the heck up here and the RSI is 71. So this is a lot of action with RSI really not going any higher than it did in 2021. Now let's talk about um, this stuff here. And again, looks great. You know, it's got a nice, uh, nice breakout here at 65, but the RSI over here was 73. So I'd watch NVIDIA here. It looks very strong today, no doubt. Would not step in front of it today, no doubt. But I would be watching it. Because again, uh, here your RSI is in the 6070 area, here your RSI is at 64, okay? I'd be watching it. What would I be nervous on? If I, uh, you know, when would it be interesting to me on the, on the sell side at all? Is if it broke underneath, obviously, the 480 mark again. And on the monthly, again, uh, nothing to really do on the monthly. So I, you know, I'd have to let it trade. That's what you do, you let it trade, okay? And you see, you know, say like on the home builders or on the banks, you know, I think those things might be at a high price, possibly. That doesn't mean you run in and start messing with the sell side. You're monitoring it like you did Apple, like you did last week with some of the tech. And when they give you the turn, then you try to hit it. But you have to be looking at things because they happen pretty quick. So the bottom line is, is this thing looks great and this thing looks strong. I have concerns about the RSI divergence. Not nearly a concern to step in front of it on a day like today. Absolutely not. Okay, and even on a one day chart, again, if you did want to play it on the sell side on the one day chart, you got to get it underneath 513, 512 to get these things turning down. So if you're a real short term trader, if you got underneath 513, 512, you'd have some reason to think it might be rolling over. But boy, that's stretching it. That's stretching it. Um, let's look at the SMH uh, general. And again, you know, uh, when we were looking at uh, when we were looking at uh, the big uh, zone for um, October, okay? You know, this was right against the red line. You want to buy SMH, you buy it right there. And then you take advantage of the rally up, right? So this is where your buy zone, right? And up here, you know, you're trying to figure out if it's going to keep going or if it's topped out. I have a high there, and this has not taken out the high yet. RSI is here at 63. You know what the RSI was over here? 84. So again, there's been a lot of action here, but the RSI is not really confirming it. That makes me concerned. Again, if we're going into a weaker economy, you know, people may not spend as much on this stuff as people think, just like they didn't buy as many electric cars as you thought, just, you know, other things like that. Okay, five-year graph, where were you here? You had RSI here at 63, 66, 66, and RSI 69. So that's not bad. Again, where's your support? Right there uh, at, uh, right now at, uh, ooh, where are you? 162. How about on the one year? It's running right into it right here. So we'll have to see if it can get through. It's running right into 171.27. So it's trying to get above it right now. There's a gap there to be filled. The bottom of that thing is at 
167. So the bottom line is, is I would watch the 174 level, right? The 174 level and see if it can get through it. If it can't, then I would roll over to the one month graph and see if I'm getting any signals of a rollover. You see, if it fills this gap up here, what is it, 174? Uh, you know, maybe even as high as 175. So if we were to go up here and then it starts giving me a signal like it did last week, what signal are you talking about? RSI is at 65. Well, let's start over here. RSI over here, 79, right? Now we're making a new high. RSI is at 65. Another uh, high point, 63. Okay, I see it weakening, so I'm looking for a sell. This thing rolls over right here. So at 176, 175, it tells you to hit the puts. And then once it broke under blue, it tells you you're probably onto something. What did I tell you about when it breaks under 40 on RSI? Well, it goes from 52, and then it broke under 40. And what happened after that? Accelerated to the downside. Obviously, red's pointing up. You got to be out of the puts at that point. And of course, uh, you know, uh, what about divergence down here? You had a 22 there. And now you're at 30. That's your divergence. Bye-bye. Then you're back above purple. You got all kinds of reasons you should be out of the puts by now. Okay? So what do I think? I think, obviously, it looks like it could keep going. Would I start buying it up here? I'm not that kind of guy. So what I would probably do is let it run its course, get everybody in there, get everybody excited that the, the correction is over. And then if I got some signals like I got here, I'd hit it again. Uh, why are you telling me the Saudis want lower oil? What they're trying to do, higher is better for them too. Yes, except for one thing, is they are, uh, their competition from the U.S. is hurting them, okay? Because the U.S. is now, I guess, one of the great exporters of oil in the country, and the world, okay? So what they would like to do is to try to slow that production down. I'm, I'm not saying this is happening. I'm being a parrot to what I've heard from people that are experts in the oil industry. Again, it's only a possibility. Obviously, today's action tells you the possibility is increasing, not decreasing, correct? Right. So the bottom line is, is then if you take out 68 and you end up at 58, I guess you'll know what I'm talking about is correct, right? I'm not saying it is going to happen because it hasn't taken out 68 and we have not accelerated to the downside. So right now, this is just a big shakeout, right? With the possibility that turnaround Tuesday might help it, right? So the bottom line, though, is, is that you have to be cognizant of what the possibilities are. And some people that I've heard who are intelligent in the energy area indicated that the Saudis would like to break the back a little bit of the U.S. production, which has a break even, they say, of about 60. If that's true, then they would flush the market a little bit like they've done in other. I guess they did it uh, in other times of history where they flushed the market to bring the prices down to kill the competition. Right. I'm. I'm think that has happened before. So the people are saying it could happen again. And again, everybody's positioned to the long side on this energy because they say it's one of the best sectors to own. And again, it could be because a lot of people are saying we're going to go to 80 on crude later in the year. So again, I'm not saying don't ever look at energy again. I'm saying right now there's a lot of risk that what? That they could try to break this thing under, uh, under 68 and cause an acceleration to the downside which would obviously catch everybody by surprise, except for the people that are looking at these charts. Um, so again, you know, that is the story on oil. Um, okay, I think it's because American oil will give up drilling oil. That's right, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, the, guy, the guy's uh, repeating exactly what I say. We don't know that for sure, but you don't, we don't know anything for sure. That's why you have to be open to different conclusions. Otherwise, you know, you're gonna get whacked very hard because, you know, Will Rogers made it very clear. It's not the things you don't know that are going to hurt you. 
It's the things that you know for sure that just aren't true. So if you're just so bullish on oil that you cannot even see the concept of it dropping, that's probably going to hurt you very badly. But if you had a hedge on or some puts in there to hedge your position, then these drops could be temporary and you could actually offset some of your uh, paper loss on the other side by having something that makes money. You know, that's why I know very well how to use options and I try to use them for many purposes. One of them is protecting me against the same thing I just talked about. When I'm very sure on something and it's not going to happen, then I want to have something that makes the uh, uh, that makes the wound small, right? Because again, protecting your capital, protecting your risk management is obviously the key to investing. Um, okay. Is there any other stocks that you guys have out there that I haven't talked about? CNX? Okay. All right. So let's take a look at the, the banks here because they're coming out on Friday and that could be where the opportunity is because news moves the market sometimes, right? So where is the news coming? It's coming in the form of the bank. Now, let me grab my, uh, my form here and I will tell you that coming up on Friday, it's going to be Wells Fargo, Bank of America, JP Morgan. Thursday is going to be Citi. And then uh, next with the week after comes a... Uh, 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 comes uh, Goldman Sachs and uh, and uh, uh, Morgan Stanley. Okay, so let's take a look at those stocks and see if there's anything happening there that could be exciting. Okay, first is going to be uh, J.P. Morgan. Now J.P. Morgan has tried to roll over a little bit earlier today. There you go. All right. So why would you be thinking that that thing could come down? Well, again, you look at the what? You look at the high point there of seventy-seven. You get the next high point of 70. You get the next high point of 63. That's a weakening market. Now I'm looking for the red line to point down. The red line is now pointing kind of down, not tremendously down. But that's where you basically got your first sell signal on it is the break under 172. Now, again, if it gets back above the blue, which comes in where? 170.45, that could mean that this was just a very short-term blip and it's going to go right back up. Let's take a look at the thing from a total, uh, holistic basis. Okay, just making new all-time highs there with the RSI at 62. But I tell you about it, if you can't get through the 60s, you know, you're not going to go into the acceleration phase. If you're not going through the acceleration phase, it's a high point. Comparing it to the last time we were up there, you got 70, right? So again, that's why I'm concerned about a reversion to the mean. Okay. Now they got earnings coming out. If they blow it out of the water, they could make they could go to 180 for all we know. That's why if you do anything on the sell side, you'd be wise to do something on the call side as a hedge. So the bottom line is, is that you don't really have enough evidence to really come out of your shoes on it because the RSI has gone down to 40. What did I tell you? If it holds 40, that could be the low. So that's why I'm not that hep on hitting it just this second. But again, if, this, if it stays down here and the red line starts turning lower, 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 and if for whatever reason, you can get red, green, and blue to invert to the downside, then that would open the door for a more significant drop. A more significant drop, as you can see, can be 165 or 160. It also could be all the way down here to 152. So if this, if they change the tune in the what? In the banking market. Now that tune could be because the consumer is not paying their bills. It could be whatever reason, trading loss, I don't know, whatever. Then if they change the tune, because obviously the tune since uh, November, has been up, 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 up. No, no break. Obviously, very clear. Just buy the darn thing. Now we came down and we tested this low point here. What? 169.71. Low is 169.45. So it's holding so far, right? It's holding. So getting underneath 169.71 on a closing basis 
getting those monthlies to roll over a little bit more would indicate the possibility because you know you want to be in there if there's going to be a substantial move a substantial move means down to 163 right a substantial move right and so their jury is still out on that because it's holding 40 and uh, and but it's something to keep an eye on because any chart that looks like this has had a very big run which means there's a lot of people long which means a lot of people own the thing which means if somebody screams fire in this movie theater Everyone's going to try to get out the door like they did Apple last week. And when they try to get out of the door quickly, it drops to 165, 162 pretty fast. And then, of course, to hedge it, you'd probably want to have something in that 175 neighborhood just in case it's going to gap up 10 or 20 bucks with their earnings. Uh, let's take a look at Wells Fargo. Okay, 20-year graph on Wells Fargo, just to give you an idea. Looks pretty good. Could pull back a little bit, but looks pretty good. One-year graph. Again, high point here, RSI 84. Now you got another high point of 61. What I tell you about 61? If you can't take out the 60s, you're not going to get the acceleration phase. If you're not going to get the acceleration phase, it could drop. If this thing starts dropping under 49.35, where it is right now, that would be an indicator of weakness. Let's look at the monthly and see if we got anything confirming. Okay, the red line's pointing up. That's not good. So if you're bearish. So right now, again, a lot of these companies and a lot of these stocks seem to be in a very much of a uh, either way. If you're in either way, you should really try to light, uh, price out the calls and puts at the same time, the strangle or even the straddle, whatever you think, and uh, and see if they make economic sense to you. Because if you have both sides of the market uh, positioned, then all you're betting on is volatility. And if it goes dead in the water, you lose on both sides. But if you catch one side or the other, like we're catching on the energy bet here, obviously the one side can be much more dramatically uh, profitable than the loss on the other side if you get the volatility. Okay, so anyway, right here on this guy, I guess you'd have to get underneath, uh, well, we said uh, 49.35 where it is now. So if we can get underneath 49, 48.50, you know, that would start turning this thing down a bit. So again, nothing to do here because these the, the indicators are not that uh, clear. Uh, 77 on RSI, 65, 62, 48. You know, it is a weakening market. Maybe it goes in and has a decent pop after earnings. A lot of things happen with earnings. They can sometimes pop the markets, and that's the time to uh, that it runs out of steam. So watch these very closely. But again, nothing to really get negative about. But like the uh, builders, I monitor them for a turn, just like I monitored the tech last week. All right, uh, next one up is uh, going to be Citigroup, and that's had a huge run. Now, I guess there's a guy over at uh, uh, Wells Fargo who's been saying that these financials are going to do great. Uh, let's take a look at Citigroup. Well, you can't look at the five-year because they did that reverse split thing. Okay, it's got above purple, so that's a positive. Uh, as long as it stays above purple, if it gets back under 50, that would not be so good. And then you got the uh, one-year. Again, uh, look at the, um, I mean, obviously, this thing gives you a buy signal down here at 39. You're still riding it. Could pull back to 52. These are, you know, too high to buy, too strong to sell kind of stuff. You know what I mean? That's why you got to be patient. There's no there's no bell being rung like there was on the tech uh, sector last week. But I'm monitoring it because this looks like, you know, uh, uh, one of the higher prices. And it's had a big, big run. 74 up there, 81. So you're in the 80s on RSI. Citigroup, nothing to do. Uh, let's take a look at uh, one of the consumer deals that has a lot of uh, credit card risk. Capital One, you know, what's in your wallet? Well, what's in your wallet right now is at a high point here. And so where are you here? You've got uh, you've got uh, 73 and then you went up here and it's at 72. So if we start breaking under 130 on um, on Capital One, 
uh, there's gaps to be filled. So there could be an opportunity here. Let's look at the uh, one month. Yeah, again, it's trading above the lines here. It's penetrated here. RSI 66, RSI is 59. If it starts, like I tell you, trading underneath 131, 130, it would open the door for a correction. I'd keep an eye on this because these guys have a lot of what's in your wallet going around and uh, the consumer may have overstretched themselves in Q4. So keep an eye on that one. Um, and then next week, Goldman Sachs. Okay, on Goldman Sachs, again, you know, it's too strong, it's too strong to do anything with right now. If we break under 382 and we get these averages pointing down, then you could possibly get a nice correction on it. So you keep it. And again, the RSI is weakening, I'm sure. 63, 58, you know. So again, I would be looking at this one. A break under 382 could lead to more, particularly because I'm looking at exhaustion up here. So keep an eye on Goldman Sachs. Next one is going to be Morgan Stanley. Again, same story. RSI up here, 64. RSI over here, 65. RSI over here, 54. It's weakening. Again, and you've got the averages all above the market, right? Oh, well, no, right uh, right at the market. They're all right around 93. So if this thing starts taking out 92 and these averages start pointing down, you know, you might have something to talk about on the put side. So keep an eye on those two because they actually look like they could have something going on if they weaken. All of this stuff is if they weaken. Like I say, when uh, Apple was at 195, 198, 200, that wasn't the time to do anything with it. Even though obviously in hindsight, it was a better price than when I got my signal. But you want to get your signal when there's some momentum and direction behind you, be it up or down, simply because uh, you're playing it for an extended move and you need to have momentum on your side and price direction. And that's why the RSI and the moving averages are very important to me. Um, is there any other uh, stocks that you guys would like to take a look at here? If you do, please put them up there. MH, we covered most of the city at the semis. But if you look at semis uh, and, you, and we looked at that uh, and we looked at, uh, what do you call it? Uh, IGV is another one that uh, has been a good one. Let's see how that's looking. Big move today. But again, last week was the time to do business. And this morning and uh, Friday was the time to take your money. So this thing is having a throwback rally. Like many of them, they gap down. So they have a potential to go up and fill up these gaps. And it looks like that's what they're going to be trying to do. So again, not a very pretty looking graph if you're bullish. That's not exactly what you want to see. Did you notice you made a lot of money when it looked like this? Not so much when it looks like this. So, you know, right now I'm seeing this as a bit of a throwback rally. On the one-year graph, again, you know, you got a gap up there that it might fill. Again, and it looks like it might want to do that. Uh, if you want to know a line in the sand, you'd like to see this hold above blue. Blue comes in at one, uh, 392, 393 ballpark area. So staying above 393 would be kind of important. But again, if you look at the 20-year graph on it, you know, this thing hasn't gone up quite as much as the others, but it's been a heck of a ride from 280 up to where it is now. But again, it seems extended and reversion to the mean does happen. It happened over here. It happened over here. It happened over here. Reversion to the mean happens. And so I'm not a bear. I just don't think that, you know, when, when you get bullish at 4,200 on the S&P, I'm not going to come out of my shoes at 4,800, okay? So that's not my game. So, you know, I'm not negative on it because I don't have enough negative signals, but I'm certainly not going to try to provide liquidity for all the people that bought at 4,200. That's not what I want to do with my, my funds. I'm not a liquidity provider to smart people, you know? All right, let's take a look at Google and Twilio real quick, and then I'm going to sign off. 
Uh, Google, you know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, they got a moat around their business, right? So they got a moat around their business. So obviously, uh, it gave you the buy signal down here on a long-term graph. Still looks good. Let's take a look at the one year. Again, uh, gets back above. I'd be more interested on the bull side if it got back above 140 and a half. And that might lead to taking out the high. So obviously, I'd be looking at 140 and a half, get taken out, maybe take out the high. Starts breaking under what? Starts breaking under here, which is 136. And then I think it opens up the door for downside. So monitor it right now. Again, it's monkey in the middle like many of these things are. On the monthly, you got your big sell-off. Why? Because the RSI hit 73, and then the RSI hit 69, and then it hit 70, and then it hit 60, and then it can't get above 70. Red line turns down. It was a sell. You know, again, a throwback rally. That's what we're seeing here. That's what we're seeing is a throwback rally. And we got turnaround Tuesday tomorrow. So I don't know if turnaround Tuesday means they whack these tomorrow. But again, the key numbers here, uh, 137, right? 137, 138, key number on the support. Uh, resistance, we already said, 141, something like that. So those are your numbers to key on. Um, Twilio, T-W-L-O. Again, people love this company, along with um, PATH, P-A-T-H. So these are supposed to be the, the ones that old Kathy Wood is hot on. Um, again, nice throwback rally here. Uh, big break last week, just like all of them, right? Uh, RSI is up here at 77. Then the RSI is down at the 69.50. Then it gets under the red line. Red line points down, crosses under these two. 76 is your sell, and you got a nice ride. Uh, when the RSI was at 43, what did we say? Breaks 40, it's going to accelerate to the downside. Boom, there you go. Bye-bye. Now, again, we're back above here, so it's back on the bicycle. Uh, again, it's it's, it's uh, well above it, uh, and it is trying to fill this gap up here. We'll have to see how it goes, okay? But uh, on a long-term basis, again, uh, this 68 number would be something to defend against. I don't like the red line pointing straight down. So again, even if we go up to 76, if that red line doesn't turn back up, that's going to be a Fugazi rally. Again, you know, we've had big runs in this market. This is called maybe front-running the gains of 24, and that's why, you know, again, I don't want to be where you buy it down here and then you start buying it up here. You know, that's where the trouble is. So be careful up here. That's all. Money's hard to come by. Uh, okay, we've got two more of you really quick. IAK, boom. Okay. Uh, one year graph, you got an RSI 56, got an RSI 64. It looks pretty good. Keep it above 100. Keep it above 100. Underneath 100 starts breaking down. It opens the door for more of a correction. Uh, on a monthly, uh, 73 against 68. There's your uh, divergence. It's underneath the red line, but again, nothing's you know nothing's inverted to the downside, so it's not very clear. You know, if I had a gun to my head, uh, you know, I'd probably stay long the thing as long as it stays above 100. And maybe. Hey Jim. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I gotta cut you off there. Oh, okay. Uh, just uh, just want to close. I'm trying to hit everyone. Came in with all these stocks at the end. Yeah, uh, I, I put your email in the uh, chat so people can. Okay. Yeah. You. And then also uh, uh, send me an email so I can explain how uh, the services I could provide for you and review their portfolios. As well.